0: Hello, it's your Aunt Pat. And uh, before today's episode, I want to remind you to vote. Hello, you ding dong. It's super important. The election is coming up so fast. It's going to be here before you even know it. It's like Christmas. It just creeps up. So do yourself a favor. Go to vote.org, V-O-T-E dot O-R-G. That's a website, of course. That's where everything, they keep everything at websites now. But go to vote.org, check your registration. Register to vote by mail so you don't have to stand in line. Another line, can you even believe it? Go to vote.org, do all the good work, all the good work for your nieces and nephews and your aunts and your, ugh, your funcles. And if you're wondering where Aunt Mags is, she's in the now. She's deeply ensconced in vote.org. Oh, my God. I'm worried about her. I'm going to actually go check on her. So vote.org, make sure you register to vote. Vote like your life depends on it, you ding-dongs, because it does.
1: an ant pat two best friends
0: who love to chat oh what it's like to be an ant those who ant hello welcome to those who ant a podcast that helps you see the world through ant colored glasses
2: my name is Aunt pat and i'm auntie mags and we are uh, we're so excited to be chatting with you today so th- uh, pat how you doing i am hanging in there
0: and that is a win for me
2: Okay, good for you. I got to tell you something. I got a little, uh, I, something happened to me. Just if you're wondering why are my eyes red, it's because I've been crying for 25 minutes, but good, the good kind.
0: Oh, I thought maybe you were allergic to, like you were trying a new detergent or something, and you were doing laundry, and you touched your eyes.
2: No, first of all, I'm extremely brand loyal to Tide. Tide to wash, bounce to dry. That's how it goes. There is no other substitution. Everything else is garbage, and it doesn't work. My nephew... My littlest buddy, Vincent, left me a voicemail. And, uh, oh God, here I go. And he, they were in the middle of a Rite Aid and my cousin Lisa, she took a phone out because, uh, Vincent said, I want to call Auntie Mags. And, uh, so she called right in the middle of Rite Aid. She didn't even finish running the errand. And, oh, God. She says, can you say, I love you, Auntie Mags? And he says, I love you, Auntie Mags. But he has a little, he says things sometimes a little funny. So it sounds like he's saying, I love you, Mickey Mags, which is also adorable. And if he wants to call me that for life, I'll go by it.
0: I never get voicemails. I never get voicemails. I always get, like, a missed call. But as soon as, it, you know, uh, my voicemail picks up, they, they give up, you know.
2: I leave you voicemail. You get mine?
0: I mean, you're a person. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, other people, you know, it's always the texts, you
2: know. Tell them. Do you ever tell Carolyn to have the kids send me voicemails?
0: Oh, I tell her stuff like that all the time. Have the kids call me, have them leave me a message, have them send me a note. No, she's never going to do that. I'm not mad at her. You know, this is just our relationship. This is the way that it works.
2: May I go on record as saying you're underappreciated in every department by Carolyn?
0: I couldn't agree with you more. What was in the voicemail from uh, your nephew?
2: Oh, wait, the one I just said?
0: Well, was it, was that the entirety of it was the name?
2: I just, he said, I love you, I love you, Auntie Mags, but it came out Mickey Mags. But I got a voicemail from your nephew. Huh. And he asked me to ask you to borrow money.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, you can just disregard that because I've already sent him money. He'd asked me, you know, for money and I sent it to him. And then, you know, these kids, I know that they love me, but they know that I'll send them money whenever. And um, just consider that already done.
2: Yeah, okay. How do you get my number?
0: Oh, they are on Google. I think they're part, they must invest in Google. I wouldn't know. I really wouldn't. Oh, you know what? They probably got their hands on my phone because they did change a lot of stuff on my phone, and they changed my passwords, and... um they're having fun.
2: They had to change your passwords because you got identity thieved.
0: Yeah, now I don't know what they are, and I can't get in anything
2: again. We'll, we'll figure it out.
0: We'll see. I can't get in my blue cross, so I can't tell when my next appointment is. And you think you could call and get through? You can't. You can't get through. So I know I need a mammogram, and I know it's in the online portal. You think I could get in there? There's no way I can. You should call the doctor. I tried. I tried calling the number. It rings and rings and rings, and then it puts me through to some voice, and then the voice picks up, and the voice says, please hold. And then I hold, and I hold. And I'm disconnected. I swear to God, people can tell when I'm calling because it's like, this call is going to get disconnected. Oh, boy. It's all right. I'm fine. I'm sure I'm fine. Take a breath. Okay. I got worked up because I really want to get in there and get a mammogram because I have such dense breasts. Yeah, fibrous. They're so fibrous, which I don't think of as dense, you know, but they are. I imagine it's like, um, I'm like uh, the scarecrow, like stuffed with hay. My my boobs are stuffed with hay, they're fibrous, and it's hard to figure out their secrets. Well, yeah, the important
2: thing is you keep trying, you know? Yeah. Hay is very dense, but... It's packed in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You ever give yourself a self-exam and you're like, what's all this mysterious things in here? All kinds of, well, anyway, that might be, well, I've gone ahead and said too much again.
2: No, you're all right. This is safe. This is a body positive podcast. And if you've got, you know, s- stuff up in your boobs, that's fine.
0: This is a reminder to do your self-exam. Though also consider this.
2: Yep. That, thank you for that. Thank you for that. If you're over 30, you should be doing it every when how often
0: you should be doing it uh, every day in a circle in the shower you put one arm up and then you put the other one on it and then you go around in a circle from the the nipple out or the nipple in yeah
2: Hey, you hey, hey, gotta check it out now listen i just want to say you're letting yourself get a little bit um you sound like you're a little down in the dumps and i wa- i know for a fact that nobody cheers you up more than our guest today and i'm so excited ladies and gentlemen or, uh, mostly ladies, but however you identify, please welcome to the podcast, Uncle Rusty. Rusty, help. hello, hello. How's it going? Who's who's who needs cheered up?
0: I think it might yeah. be me, Rusty. I gotta say, you know, it's just been—you know—I'm stressed, and um, you really are. You're someone who I feel like you're so good at self-care. You know?
1: Yeah, Rusty takes care of himself. That's true. People say that, and they're they they hit the nail on the head when they say it. I will say.
2: Oh my God, Rusty Nail. <gasps>
1: Rusty Nail. That was my nickname in trade school. But I had to give it up. Trade school. Listen, Pat, what you need to do is you need to go, you need to get a long bath.
0: A long bathtub?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you gotta get a lengthy bathtub because you can't, in a normal bathtub, you can't care for yourself. You gotta be in there alone.
0: When did they start making these bathtubs so little? I can barely get down, it can barely fill enough for me to get my shoulders wet, you know, and, the, and it's shorter. And I felt like when we were growing up, you know, we had really decent-sized bathtubs.
1: They were bigger. Yeah, they were. And it feels like now all the
2: bathtubs are made, like
1: it's like an airline seat.
2: Spirit Air made all the bathtubs now. It's like you can't even, listen, we all know I'm a huge Grace Anatomy fan.
1: Huge.
2: When Meredith Grey was asking McDreamy to build their dream house, he said, do you want to look at the plans? And she said, what's the one thing I asked you for? And he said, a bathtub that's so deep, you can cover your knees and your boobs at the same time. And isn't that the dream? I feel like every bathtub now is like less than a foot deep.
1: Yes, only rich people, only the 1% or 5%. They, you know, people that are close, that are not quite, but they all have deep bathtubs that are long, multiple people in them. You have to be careful with Meredith Gray in a bathtub though, because you know, sometimes she stays under a little too long and you, you walk in and you go, what? What, are you, you know, what are you doing in there?
2: Yeah, she does. That was the season she was having all those premonitions about dying and about to almost drown because she stopped swimming. Well, listen, I could talk about this could be its own podcast. You know, I, Grey's Anatomy has gotten me through so many breakups. Thank God they're in their 16th or 17th season because mm-hmm. keep having breakups.
0: Rusty, you know, I never knew you went to trade school. That is so interesting. What does that entail? What's that about?
1: I went to a general education trade school. So I went in, and they said, you're going to learn a little bit of, have you ever seen the movie Accepted, the South Harmon Institute of Technology with Justin Long?
2: I actually have. Isn't, um what's his name? The ga- the uh, the, ga- the ga- guy from um, All the Time He Yells. Oh. Louis Black.
1: Yes. Lewis Black. Yeah. So that was what my trade school was like. And I went in, and they said, you pick your classes, you make your own classes. And I did welding, crocheting, and public speaking. What's crocheting? Crocheting?
0: Oh, I thought it was something else where you you made a show out of your crochet like it was um like uh an art piece. You know, you know those confusing live art pieces where it's just a woman staring at another woman. I thought that was something else. So so crocheting, I understand crocheting though is might it might be something to think about
1: there is an end of semester Chris show you show your stuff No, not everyone gets naked but some people do which I think is nice it's a nice touch it adds a little bit of flavor I did and I was asked not to
0: oh that is so rude I hate when people tell me to put my clothes back on
2: that is a bunch of people acting like Puritans when I bet if you went home there would be so much pornography you'd be like oh somebody was on ants.com this week they're prude out in public you know I hate that
1: I will say in their defense, and I hate to be in their defense, but on one, in one small point, I was welding while showing off my crochet work. So I, being naked was danger. I, I was getting burns all over. I kept shrieking. But ultimately I feel like they did the right thing. I did the right thing. You have to be yourself. You have to color outside the line sometimes you get in trouble.
2: You know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. How did they know that wasn't part of it? How did they know you getting burned by little bits of flying metal shrapnel that was burning at thousands of degrees wasn't part of your thing? Yeah, art is violent.
1: It, you know, Guernica, the painting Guernica, gory, ugly, but it's But that's pretty to some people. And that was my whole point. And that's why I was shrieking in pain. But uh, not everyone understands art. a lot of people are closed, small minds in Oklahoma.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. That is true. That is true. Yeah, did you go to um, trade school in Oklahoma?
1: I did. I went to Tulsa Welding School, and it's called. They call it Tulsa Welding School, but it's it's not true to the name. That's just one of the bigger things they. That's how they get funding. There's a lot of stuff that goes on down there. Freaky shit, man. Drugs. You know. You name it.
0: Uh, You know, I never went off to school, so I love hearing all these stories about you know all the freaky deaky things. I think that's why my you know my twenties were so for me wild. You know, but. Oh, a welding school. That's such a fun secret, you know? Oh, we do all this cool stuff, but you think, you know, it's just going to be welding. It's not.
1: You go, yeah, you go down to the Tulsa Welding School and you walk out in the parking lot. You might see, you know, there might be someone out there smoking a joint. Ha! Huh. What? Yeah, I mean, they do everything down there. It's crazy. I got involved in a running club. Oh, my God. And I hated it. And so, you know, you, you smoke weed, you run. It's Tulsa's a, Tulsa's a fast-paced town in a small, small-paced small city, country.
2: Is that like their... F- Official, it should
1: be. You're so good with words. Tulsa's Tulsa's catchphrase is "fast-paced town in a small-paced city country." That's what they say.
2: In a
0: small-paced city country,
1: you know it's meant to confuse. It's meant to it's meant to provoke.
0: I feel like it accomplished that. Do you find that your that your trade school experience had a big impact on what you're currently doing now?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, running a Montessori school is not something you can do without having a breadth of experience. And, you know, I tried so many different things that now the kids come to me and they say, you know, we want to make a tower out of beads. Technically, that's math. You know, and that, that's the kind of thing that someone who hasn't gone to a trade school wouldn't be comfortable spiritually with.
2: I think I remember, you know, I didn't um, finish college, um, but I did one time go to a Dick's Last Resort and take a shot out of a stranger's zipper. You guys ever do that? The zipper? Bailey's and whipped cream and something else. And they made me do it. I didn't want to do it. I was humiliated. My sisters made me do it. And it, uh, it was uh, my sister's bachelorette party. We were at Dick's Last Resort, and they made me do that. So I didn't go to college, but I guess I understand what it's like to kind of be humiliated by a man. So that's the same thing for a woman in college. So I guess when I hear you wouldn't understand that, uh, you know, to stack these marbles up, and that's math, I would a little bit because sometimes you could do, like, a bowling class for gym credits or... You could do a juggling class. They called that like a gym credit. So if they, you know, if we're going to be so loosey goosey, it's like that same thing where pizza's a vegetable. So far,
1: kinesiology. Right? Not to pass judgment, but it's a bullshit field of study. It's you know, people. You walk, you jump rope, and then you know, and, and then that's supposed to be a degree. I don't, you know, I don't get it, but that's what you're talking about, ultimately.
0: When I was a kid, one of the families on my street, all the kids went, went to a Montessori school, which none of us really understood. And one time I got invited to a, go to the dance, and I ended up dancing with the principal. And when I look back on that, I think, was that okay?
1: Well, I tell you, Pat, it was not and that ultimately, I think, it was not okay in that it shouldn't have happened. I hope that makes sense, but it is okay in that it's part of your experience and you've shared it.
0: Thank you so much for saying that because I know this is something we all wanted to dive into today, but I've been carrying around that shame like, oh boy, 11 and really reeling in the adults with, um, you know, with my uh, preteen, you know, um, hormones or whatever. And, and you know, it. it so i thank you for letting me off the hook i feel like this podcast really helps to unburden myself from some
2: of that shame
1: it's like Brene says vulnerability is not winning or losing it's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome
2: right enter the arena get up but i want to just before we start talking about Brene, because again that could be its own podcast because god love her again Mm -hmm. talk about getting get myself through breakups daring greatly holy lord Come but on. I want to just say real quick to follow up on what Pat said is two things. One, what did the family of of kids who went to Montessori school have to do with you dancing with the principal Is my first follow-up? My second follow-up is, have you your whole life been blaming yourself for that?
1: Oh, God, I
0: hope. To question one, I got invited to go as a wholesome activity to this Montessori dance, and I thought, you know, I think my mother thought, well, it can't hurt because... She rolled the skates reading a book down the street, and this might be a different thing for her to do. So I got invited, and they always took me in. You know, they lived down the street from us, and they had a trampoline, and I think they felt sorry for me. It's a lot to unpack there.
2: Are these the neighbors who used to, you told me this, that you would get up before them in the morning and go jump on that trampoline, and they had the word discipline on, on the side of the garage?
0: Yeah, they did. They tried a lot of stuff with that family, I think, but yeah, they tried the eight-foot letters of discipline. They had a trampoline, and you know, as a Glatchkey kid, sometimes I'd run over there and jump on the trampoline before they woke up, you know, um so maybe they saw a need for me to get invited to some social and then two yes i blame myself i thought wow i was really putting it on display and you know i'm a home wrecker and though i don't think his home was wrecked i never saw him again after that but i thought oh this can't be right
2: hold the phone you don't even know if that was the actual principal. That could have just been some pervert who said he was the principal to dance with you. Am I right, Rusty?
1: Very sickening to me. Yeah.
0: I, I, I had just never considered that possibility, and now I'm really freaked out, but I like where you're headed.
1: On the other, I I will say that sometimes it can be helpful not to minimize what you've gone through, to just think on the bright side. I think in terms of awkward ways that your neighbors inviting you to a dance can go, scale of one to 10, this is probably a six, Ten is what happened in the Virgin Suicides. And, and, you know, I think you are—you're lucky to have scored a little lower than that because it could have been much worse. I will tell
2: you. No, I gotta ask. I'm confusing—I'm confusing I'm Suicides confusing <laughs> and Lovely Bones. So, in my mind, sure.
1: the big difference between Virgin Suicides and Lovely Bones is the the amount of autonomy that the girls have.
2: They all kill themselves.
1: Yep, you got it, sister. And in Lovely Bones, simply different. Simply a neighbor man involved. Yeah.
2: Now, I read Lovely Bones. I have never hated the ending of a book so much in my entire life. My niece is reading it right now. It was part of her, you know, English assignment. And she was. Sucked in, just like me. What a book. Until, spoiler alert, the very end of the book. So this girl dies, right? She's murdered by her pervert neighbor. And it, which by the way, Pat, he had my glasses.
0: Oh, pervert glasses, yeah.
2: So she's murdered and she's like, Haunting, whatever. She's like, not haunting, but she's kind of hovering. She goes back to visit this guy who in real life she had like a little crush on. Never dated. They were like, whatever, flirty, I guess. And he comes over one day and she jumps into the body of somebody else to have sex with him. And that's what she does when she could have just jumped into that body real quick, even during the throws. Listen, do what you got to do. This is a sex-positive podcast. If you're a ghost and you possess the body of somebody to have sex, in one of the screams you say, by the way, the neighbor killed me. My body's in a safe in the dump. Then do both, two birds, one stone. But don't let this guy get away with murder just so you can have a little sexy time for the first and only time in your life with some kid that you'll never own honest to God, never see again. That made me so mad. And I told my niece, that's not what we do. We don't put having sex with boys or whoever you want to have sex with above finding a murderer, ever.
1: Stanley Tucci deserved an Oscar.
2: Just for anything. He's so likable. You ever seen him mix a Negroni?
1: He was not likable in Lovely Bones, I will say, but that... To me it shows range. If you go from mixing a Negroni to his role in Lovely Bones, what we have here is range.
0: I always thought Lovely Bones was the movie where Owen Wilson had that dog that got sick.
1: Yeah. Marley oh, and
0: me. That's Marley and me. It's just it seems misleading. Lovely bones feels like um uh, I guess I'm just, you know, what I'm doing is I'm mixing up, you know, this idea of like milk bones with um the other I I gotta I gotta tell you, I've never seen this film and I really don't want to. This sounds just horrible and i can't imagine we need another story now let me tell you this i am a bit of a dateline person so uh, this is probably the pot calling the kettle but i will say i don't know if i need another made-up story of a woman getting murdered you know we got pl- we got more than enough oh josh mankiewicz
1: oh
2: Rusty, anybody ever tell you that you could pass for a young Mankowitz?
1: Constantly. I can't leave the house. I can't leave the house. I can't leave the house. You know, what else can I say about it? I can't leave the house.
0: Well, I mean, it's extremely high praise. Josh Mankowitz is my hall pass and I'm not even married.
1: You
2: could just say he's your guy.
0: Uh, okay. I thought hall pass was when you wanted to have sex with someone. And okay. Oh, no. Well, now I get it. All right. It, oh, I don't need a pass. I just need well, a plan.
1: You could have a hall pass that's signed off on by somebody who's not your partner. I could, you know, I could give you a, if you just need, if you, you know, because part of it, I will say, sex is more fun when it's a little you're not supposed to be doing it. You know what I mean? Consent yeah. involved. If you're not supposed to be doing it, it's like doing it in a, you know, in a Ferris way. So if you wanted me to give you a pass so it could feel transgressionary, then I, you know, I would do that. I would really love that.
0: And I might even just hang on to, like that might at this point, even just having the pass might do it for me, might be something. And again, this is a sex positive podcast. Even looking at the note might get me in a good place where I could handle business on my own time
1: yeah and i'm happy uh, you know pat i'm happy to be a part of your journey no matter what it looks like
0: and speaking of that i gotta say you know, we met you at a place where I think the three of us really, you know, I took so much away from that experience. And uh, I think it's really informed our friendship with each other. We are all daring greatly or to the best of our ability. We're daring to the best of our ability.
1: We're daring within reason some days, but it's daring nonetheless, right?
2: Exactly. Some
1: people might not know, you know, what we're referencing. We met in line at a Brene Brown talk. I think it was titled Vulnerability, Unlocking Your Inner woman and being a badass and that she does fun things like and i like that i don't identify as a woman i identify as a man but i think everyone has an inner woman and an inner badass which is something i came to through Brene and through frankly my friendship with the twos of you
2: Uh, that is the highest compliment that maybe anybody could give which is we helped you in addition with Brene, who she could be my hall pass i don't again i'll
0: write that note for you if you want
1: I would cosign. I would cosign the loan. She's
2: adorable.
1: She is. She's so cute. But
0: well, what were you going to say, Pat? Oh, I was just going to mention how fortuitous it was for us to be in line behind you, Rusty. Because remember, I ordered some Panera and I had too much. And that's, you know, waiting in line there. And then I, you know, we turned to you. I had half a salad. And I love that, you know, that I said, i got half a salad that i didn't order do you want it you really kind of gave me the business there but you were doing it in jest and it really made me laugh oh
1: yes yeah, I, I said i said half a salad and then what do i want to eat to get full <laughs> what I, what's half salad gonna do
0: it did seem like an insult when i ran it back in my head i was like just
1: throw it on the ground pat i will say too you guys were the you, you two were the only people in line who would talk to me because i was already crying and th- i think that speaks to where i was at and why i was there um I was already sobbing and it was sort of a manufactured. I wanted to feel something that day. It was like putting on a sad playlist when you were already sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was already crying. So I went to Brene Brown and then I met you two and that, God, that's beautiful, isn't it?
2: It really is. And it speaks to, I think, finding your purpose in ways you didn't expect,
1: as you, didn't
2: expect. you know, the two of us on any given day, we are going to be the most fun people in a line or the most empathetic people in a line. And I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. We're going to do we're, we're, you know. You, you remember from Greece too? Uh, I'll be your girl for all seasons. I think that's Pat and I. We will be your girls for all seasons. We are just here to be what you need us to be and also for us to have a little fun ourselves being ourselves but i want you to know that the moment you said that thing about the salad i said to myself this one gets it stop i did stop right now i didn't i won't i won't but i did but i won't it
0: it took such courage to kind of give me ribbing about that salad because i'm the kind of person if someone said oh here do you want this um obvious piece of garbage you know I am always the kind of person who's like oh yes thank you so much for thinking of me for now I have to carry this garbage around and you know this was of course before we went in but you know it relates so much to what I get out of Ms. Brené and I thought that was such a good omen that we met you and we had that really frank conversation about that salad and I can't believe there's a Grease 2.
1: I also you know I've never seen Grease 2. I don't watch sequels as a rule, I refuse to do it because I don't. You know what? You know, look at the look at look at it. You at first, what are the options? First movie, I watch it. I hate it. I don't want to see part two. First movie, I love it. I don't want to see part two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe that's a close. You know, I don't. I don't like to be
2: close-minded, but I think in some sometimes you have to drop out. I think the only good sequel, this two. Toy Story 2, everybody knows, obviously, those are the only good sequels, because- What
0: was the other one, Mags? I missed it. Yeah, I
2: missed it. Toy Story 2, and then the sequel to Toy Story 2 was Toy Story 3. Those are the only two good sequels.
0: I think that's fair, and I just want to lift up what Rusty said about um, sequels, because you know what? It's lazy. A whole other movie about the same thing? I mean, I will also say, though, Rusty, you give off an air of, I'm kind of drawn to you like a moth to a flame, and when you say something, I'm like, you know what? That sounds right to me. Truly. And And I really mean that. You have a gravitas about you, and a learnedness about you that I find really compelling, and I think Brene Brown could learn a little something from Rusty, too.
1: Ah! Yeah. When I was 27, so that was what? That was four years ago. I ran a cult in Maine and it was only for a month, and they asked me to leave because I got too. Real with them about some very real things, but in that time, I felt like I was more fulfilled than I had ever been in my life up at then.
2: You don't want to join a cult. You want to be the person running the thing. Can yes. I ask what were the things that you went whole hog on that they didn't? I,
1: we were talking about self enlightenment and get, you know reaching nirvana and how do you reach nirvana and all that kind of thing. And I spent. I want to say three or four days straight, I lectured about the Hangover movie series. I thought it was just a cash grab. You know, I thought it was so ridiculous. You're going to make three of the things? The first one was perfect. The second one was shit. The third one was shit warmed up. I mean, I wouldn't stop. I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't letting anyone leave. I locked the doors. No one was eating or going to the restroom or sleeping. I kept honking an air horn. Everyone had to stay up and listen to my talk. And it was when I finally let people out, they asked me to leave.
2: Now, how far outside of the realm of what happens in a cult is that? Because I would imagine so much of a cult is being locked in a room and being forced to listen to somebody's views on anything. Now listen, here's where you and I, this might be the first time we've ever disagreed. I didn't even like the first hangover. By the time I saw it, everybody else was telling me how funny it was. And I thought... No, I respect the hell out of you. I love that you decided to go in there and share with cult or not, you're somebody who sticks to your own opinions and you don't care what anybody else has to say. It's what you believe. And we love that about you.
1: I will say this, and this is is the last I'll ever speak of it because of an NDA. I shouldn't even have said as much as I did. If any of your listeners, if any of your followers are hearing you say that you didn't even like the original hangover and they agree with you. I've got to tell you folks, there is a cult in Maine that would love to have you because that is a big part of the pushback that I received. They were on board with two and three being bad. They they were they were anxious. They said they called me a neoliberal because I didn't go far enough. I didn't say number one was bad. I thought it was quite good.
2: Wow. I tomato,
1: say- tomato. What are you going to do? Say la vie.
2: Uh, yeah. I thought there was like a ton of homophobia. I thought the only women pictured were sure. a raging sure. bitch or a sex worker. And- um, I didn't
1: care for it. I will say in, in the slightest defense of me, there was a ton of homophobia There was terrible. The women had no depth at all, but I was 27 and, you know, white men, we don't really have to be mature until our forties. You know, I'm still in that phase of getting to sort of do say and like whatever I please. And that's, that's not a privilege I wish I had, but I do. And I, you know, that's just part of my reality.
0: I can get behind that, Rusty. You know, I mean, I think, you know, you're gonna, you will get there, right? Everyone's gonna get there. What I find really interesting is I think I took this away from Brene or maybe this is an independent thought I had in a dream or something. But I feel like I do want to let white men off the hook sometimes because I was kind of raised that way, right? Like, uh, you know, your your Uncle Terry, right? Your Uncle uh, Ron, your Uncle Rob, your Uncle, you know, these are names. You know, these uncles, they're flawed, you know? And so my whole growing up was always like, eh, he'll figure it out at some point, right? So uh, my whole system and way of knowing white guys is like, eh, they're on a journey. It takes a while. So I think I understand. I think we're all a little bit programmed to be like that.
2: Yeah. And that's something that we're trying to push back against now. It's like, you guys can see I'm holding Brene right here. She says, as I look back on this journey, I realized the deep truth in the quote I shared at the beginning of this chapter, there really is no path. There really is no path. So that means find your own journey. But it doesn't mean that we got to let white men do whatever they want. No offense, Rusty, because you know if there was anybody I'd love to let do whatever they wanted to you.
1: Not okay. taken. I wish people would hold my feet to the fire more often. I grow from it and I learn from it. Not always, but I try to. You know, if you ever have a criticism of old Rusty, tell him to his face. That's what I say.
2: has one. I don't see you enough. Come on. I could see you every day it still wouldn't be enough. I love you.
0: I'd join your cult. If you started a new one, I would do it.
1: It's funny you should say that. Not to plug, but I've been looking at land in Alaska. They have incredible deals out there. Nobody wants to live there, and I'm thinking about pulling the trigger. There's a 25 acre lot outside of Anchorage, and right now it is, I want to say, two or three hundred dollars. And I know that I could build uh, some houses on it pretty
2: cheap, so I'm thinking about it. Has anybody ever said this sentence out loud? The acreage in Anchorage. That's good.
0: Mags is a bit of a wordsmith. So I'm not surprised that that came out of her mouth. I didn't even act surprised because I was like, oh, that seems about right. You know what's also interesting is they need women. And sometimes I think, should I go? Okay, I'm getting the no head shake from Megs. I just... You know, it's so hard to meet someone, and I feel like I could just walk directly into Alaska. I know you can't walk in there. You'd have to fly or take a plane or whatever, or cross the Bering Strait.
2: You could cruise there.
0: I could take a cruise there. Although it's so frightening. That's a great place to be murdered. Anyway, but sometimes I think, oh, if I really get desperate, I could go to Alaska, tap one gentleman's shoulder there, you know, on his flannel shirt there, and say, hello, and that that's it. I'm in. I'm in.
1: Pat, it's really important to me that you said that about sex, because... One of my biggest heroes, David Koresh, there are two things that I would do differently than him. He wouldn't let any of the women have sex, which I thought was horrible. And so I would encourage everyone to have sex. And number two, I wouldn't build the place out of wood. That, those are the big things when I look back. I'm like, that could have gone
2: differently. We are only just learning about this other side to you.
1: And I... Let me jump in. Strictly from a getting people to buy in perspective. Everything else, weird to me. Weird and bad. The
2: ideals, not with it. But people came along, you know, and not that, that part. I'm like, that's, I need. That. Okay. Okay. So like, you want to be like an influencer where people buy in, but you a Koresh where people, you know, burn, burn themselves. God, God rest their souls. David
1: Koresh. Yeah. I mean, he, the name's interchangeable. David's great getting people to follow. So is Logan Paul. You yeah. know, it could have been anybody.
2: You know, this is from Waco and he has a huge following, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I feel like they're trying to redo Waco because David Koresh, you know, burned it down and burnt down the reputation. They're trying to, like, build it up, you know, with the silos and everything. Oh, I love those two.
0: Am I the only one who is like, well, you know, they really didn't want to leave, so... They got their wish in the end. Now, I don't mean, I don't wish anybody any ill will, but they really didn't want to leave. They were like, we're staying. And they did. They stayed, they're still there.
1: Ultimately, I think, you know, what are we talking about? We're talking about, I do a nice version of, the Branch Davidians or whatever. I do a nice version. All of my stuff, you know, nobody's banned from sex. Nobody buys illegal weapons on at gun shows. Nobody, you know, uh, instigates the law enforcement in any way, mostly because there's no law enforcement in Alaska, so there's no one to talk to. We just make stuff, crafts. We just have sex. You know, we make food. It's a good time, and and that's ultimately, I think. You know, we think about that. We don't think about the bad ways people have done it. We think about the rusty way, which is a good way. And if you want to, the Pat the Pat and Mag's way it could be fun.
2: I mean, it sounds like our last cruise. To be honest, yeah.
0: I ended up not having sex on that cruise, um, but I did make crafts. I did make uh, an airbrush T-shirt, and I uh, didn't make, but I painted a pot that holds um, a succulent.
2: Yeah, that we went to the activities that they had for the teens because some of it is like, you know, we're not getting on a scooter, not after what happened, you know, with Patty. Remember, we won that uh, cruise with Patty and boy, she came around and turned in Bermuda. They say don't ride those scooters. So we were like, what are we going to do? We're going to do something else. Let's go to the teen, the teen craft camp.
0: I loved. I met. I met a, a guy named Aaron who was a teen, and we really hit it off. We still write letters to each other, and his mother is furious with me, despite the fact that I've said this is a completely platonic relationship. Who do you think I am? So sometimes they get the letters back, but he has a secret now P. O. Box where I send him letters to. It's such a nice relationship, and if I don't know, we'll see if he gets a little bit older.
2: What? wait Yeah. back up the truck is this the Aaron how old is this kid now
0: when we met him he was 15 and remember he said oh I'm so glad to meet you both you know this has been so nice because we really did have heart to hearts that week and then we exchanged to be pen pals our addresses you know and now he's 19 years old right
2: stuff are you guys writing in these letters? Because before, when you said you blamed yourself for the principal thing, I was angry. But now, what are you doing? Well, I'm sending him
0: recipes, you know. he I'm sending him fun uh, recipes. He is sending me his dreams. One time he had a dream that uh, he was a wolf and um, I was a bird. And I was flying and he was following me and uh, then I turned into a woman, and then other... So what I'm saying is...
2: Wait a second. You
1: trailed off. You trailed off
2: at the end. Thank you, Rusty. Was this... Did he have a sex dream about you, and he's telling you these things?
0: Well, I had turned into a woman. It wasn't me, but I I had been a bird. How the dream started, he was a wolf, and I I was a bird. But then when I changed out from a bird, I was a woman, but I wasn't myself, and then the wolf had sex with that woman who wasn't me.
2: How do you know? How do you know?
0: Uh, he, he he said he said he you know it just wasn't me though it wasn't it please don't take this relationship away from me um...
2: sorry Shaggy it was you it was you you can't say it wasn't me you can't that kid is having that he's putting you in his bank bank
0: well you know what I'll take it. I would never, ever have an inappropriate relationship with someone. But if they, someone wants to send me the dreams where I am a bird and then a different woman, and that gets him off with his, you know, he's young. Then so what? What a crime!
2: You get, then you got to full. You got to go full Nelly Furtado. Okay, you got to be like a bird and only fly away. You cannot continue this with him.
0: Rusty, can you weigh in on this, please? Rusty, please.
1: You know he's 19 i gotta say look hey you know 19 for letters look love is love is love is love it wins it wins it wins that's what i always say and he's 19 i think look should you be public about it no will it end up bad if you ever run for senate yes but he's 19 you know it's not that big of a difference i'm trying i'm really trying hard to be on your side i will say
2: that's all all i ask not you know i only disagree with you when your safety and well-being is on the line i rusty i understand but you're coming from a you're coming from a. if there's grass on the field play the game and i can't allow that
0: oh people have had grass on the field for so much longer He didn't just come in
1: yeah, look he, you know what i love here's what i love about you two as friends to each other right and as a friends to me And as friends to the world, and as friends, as we all three are friends, I love the honesty, and I love the openness, and I'm honestly, openly saying right now that if Pat is, you know, sucking or or touching or having intercourse with a 19-year-old through letters, in dreams, in mind sex, letter sex, you know, there's worse things in the world.
0: I just want to clarify, and thank you, Rusty. I would just like to clarify. He is sending me sex dream letters, and I am sending him recipes. I don't even acknowledge the dreams.
2: No, what recipes? What kind of recipes? Oh, I'm off. I'm Corn, getting off for Cornbread. <laughs> I, I will say that. I-
0: cornbread, choke spinach dip, salsa, homemade salsa, all kinds of things, because he likes to do his own thing. So when I get a letter like that, where it's the bird and the woman and the whole thing. I don't even acknowledge that I'm sending him recipes, but I don't want to break the chain because these are great letters to get in the mail. And one day, I know he's going to meet someone else. He's going to meet somebody, and then that's it. That ship has sailed. But for right now, he's a very sheltered kid, you know. And and speaking of shame, which is something that we've all talked about so much, you know, he. I don't want him to feel ashamed of sending me letters where he's unburdening himself from his his his, his pent up sex stuff.
2: I'm sorry. He's 19. He probably unburdens himself at least three times a day. Yeah,
1: I'm. I do start to get off board when I realize that you're just still sending recipes. When I, when, when, when you, t- when you start to say, I will say, when you start to say, I said, you know, he sends me the I want to fuck you as a wolf letter, and then I send him back the cornbread recipe. I fall, I, you know, I fall out of favor a little bit on the whole deal. I would like you to. I would like it to be reciprocated because women, women in, in sex and romance go for too long. Men don't. Men get everything. And I don't think this this boy should be... Uh... No. <laughs> yeah, all right. There we go. Yeah, that's good. good. Good, 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 good.
0: No, Mags, it won't be me. It'll be a bird. It'll be like a lobster and um, like a crayfish.
2: Analysis. They're going to do a handwriting analysis, and they're going to say, oh, a bird didn't write this. Pat Tambulance wrote this. This is a human woman who's writing sex letters to a 19-year-old boy who she met when she was 15. They're going to think you were grooming him.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. When I hear it said out loud like that, now I'm real concerned due to gifts I've sent him that.
2: What did you send him?
0: I sent him a mitt.
1: Hmm.
2: What I do you mean?
0: Like a catcher's mitt.
2: Hmm. For sex.
0: I don't know what he used it for. I sent him taffy for sex. A- I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't know. When I look back at all the soft, oily things I've sent him, that sucks. Okay. Well, I- this was very useful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I. You know. Look. Yeah. I turn when the word. When the word grooming came out, that's when I turned a little bit. I will say I turned on the, because at first I was like, it's just letters. He's a wolf. She's a bird. There's cornbread. And then the word grooming was used uh, by Max. And I, I said, well, now we're in it,
2: you know. I have to watch out for you because, and, and Rusty, you know this, she sometimes she'll call herself an incel. Sometimes it she gets very easily swayed. When, when sex stuff is on the line. And here is, you know, here's the important thing to remember. You are not a predator. You are a good person. You're the best person I know, Pat. Rusty, you are the second best person I know. I, I would say it's a tie, but I just found out you run a cult.
1: I dream of running a cult,
2: but yeah. Dream of running a cult. Were you, it sounds like you were kind of an adjunct cult leader for a minute, and then you didn't get tenured. But yeah. I love you both so much, and... If I'm going to be a buzzkill, so be it. Because I'm sorry, you have a better thing going on with uh, with Dutch. You know, we still don't know what's going on with Daryl. She thinks, Rusty, that, that men don't find her interesting because that's psychological damage that Ron did to her. When he cheated on her, when he did all of these horrible things to her, he damaged her mind. It's a low self-esteem thing. And you know what she needs to do? She needs to get back in the arena. She's got to get back up in the arena. She's got to brush that dirt and blood off her face. And she has to greatly dare to pull herself back up. Brene, I wish we could get Brene on the podcast someday. But for now, let us all be our own Brene's and say, what you're doing, you're too good for it. You don't need to be. He can Google recipes. He can Google. Your family does not have a cornbread recipe that came from like the deep south. That's not your family recipe. If it was something only you could give him, I would say, you know what? Help this kid. But you are too good for that. What happens if something happens to him and then he gets lovely-bonesed?
0: And- I, would, I, I would never. I don't know the movie. I mean, I know the end of it, but I would never do that.
2: Pat
1: doesn't. Pat doesn't. I will say, Pat, does not have the physical strength to lovely-bones the kid from the letters.
0: Yeah, I, I don't.
2: Strong, but a 19-year-old boy, you know.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I have. I mean, I'm I'm wiry, but that's due to... um. I have a nutrient deficiency. I'm sinewy, but I'm not. If if push came to shove and I was trying to, I guess, wrestle someone into um, like a bunker or...
2: Why are you in a bunker?
0: I don't know when I would be trying to manhandle someone.
2: Push comes to shove. I just understood that. It was I think the first time I ever understood that. In the push comes to show
0: now rusty tell us a little bit about your nieces and nephews take us to your happy place take us to your nieces and nephews
1: i have two nephews their names are jimmy and billy and they are uh, i'm gonna try not to get emotional they both play in a an everclear cover band together and uh, they are so talented
0: What's the name, just so I can Google it, because I love looking up cover bands. What's the name of the, the cover band?
1: Ever Clearer, just as there's an E-R on the end of it. That's
0: that is Everclear. so clever. I love when I love when they do that. Keep going. Do they
2: do, they do a cover of, um, we can live beside the
1: ocean? The ocean, leave the world behind. I mean, I don't do it justice, but yeah.
2: They don't do it justice? I don't do it justice. Okay.
1: But I don't do justice of in order of, start with. let's start with the worst... The worst version of that song is me singing it just now. The second worst version is Everclear's original version. The best version is Billy and Jimmy's cover band Everclearer doing it three years ago in a park, and they invited me to be their special guest and sit on a couch in the front of the show. Everyone else had to stand. But standing room only, I was sitting on a couch.
2: I love a couch in a park, number one. Yes. Number two, was... you must have felt so regal.
1: Oh, yeah, there was pop. they got me popcorn, they got me a hat. It said, Ever Clearer, uh, the clearest show we've ever done. Hanson Park and then the dates on it was nice yeah I mean I'm proud of those kids they came from nothing and they did still don't have much but they have their band and they you know they're good kids and they're both going to college they both want to be male nurses and I told them you're just nurses but they they insist they're male nurses
2: I I hate when we put you know Uh, uh, male or female in front first of all because there's so many more genders than that right exactly you don't ever hear anybody say you know i'm a two-spirit nurse you don't hear that just say you're a nurse
0: you said two-spirit
2: two-spirit is a gender identity that i believe comes from a native american origin
0: i just wanted to clarify for anyone listening who didn't know like myself just want to chime in and say you know what you know what's true when you don't know something, we were talking about this right before we started recording. If you don't know something, ask right Rusty like hello, I've lived my entire life not asking and really coming off like a rube ninety percent of the time. but now I've started to ask and it boy, has it improved my life
2: I'm gonna text my niece just to be double sure and she'll she'll go on Yahoo and Google it for me so I'm gonna I'm gonna text her just she'll go me. on Yahoo yeah or whatever she does okay.
0: Yeah, first she gets on Yahoo, and then she then she'll Google it. Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, your nephews sound like, and I love that you. It sounds like you're the biggest fan wearing that hat. I can see you in a couch in the park, which always reminds me of the show Friends because they had a couch in in Central Park, and I never know. And every I've only been in New York City one time, and I never saw that couch. They must have moved it.
1: Yeah, I think it was a set piece.
0: Oh, oh, so the couch wasn't there because I feel like it's kind for of all I know.
1: Yeah. For all I know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, I I will say I don't know much about New York, but I was, you know, the one time I went there, I thought, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to do like a little, you know, fun dancing around the couch. The fountain's there. The couch is not there. But I I don't know what the history is of that.
2: I'll tell you what. When I lived in New York for three weeks, it was a nightmare. I'm not allowed to say it was my own personal 9-11, but it was. You are allowed. You are allowed to say that. It was a tragedy in New York. I didn't even get to go, but I don't know if Central Park is a real place, but- I would love to have gone there when I in the three weeks that I lived in New York. Uh, hey,
0: right. Mags. Megs, someday, Megs, someday we're going to go back. We're going to find that couch and we're going to go to Central Park.
2: I would rather we just went to like a Universal Studios uh, in Los Angeles and, and saw it that way because I don't ever want to go back to New York and, again in my whole life.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't feel confident about going there. I don't. I feel like I'm a mark I'm whatever. I'm the walking embodiment of a mark.
2: I got a text back. Oh, right. It says, two-spirit. Well, first she wrote, hi, Auntie Mags. I'll teach you how to look this up yourself uh, next time. Love you. Two-spirit, or occasionally two-spirited, is a modern pan-Indian umbrella term used by some indigenous North Americans to describe Native people in their communities who fulfill a traditional third gender or other gender variant, ceremonial and social role in their cultures. They are non-binary individual but two spirits sounds so gorgeous doesn't it
0: It's lovely to learn things like that and boy doesn't it make the world a better place just knowing that there's not just one or two things there's a multitude of things it should make everybody happy i know it doesn't because the world is also full of assholes now let me also say this rusty i get the vibe that you are also very good friends with your nephews they ask you to things my nieces and nephews don't ask me at anything they don't invite me to places so what a thrill it must be to go to these concerts and actually have merch and the whole thing i mean do you, do you feel like you're a friend of them?
1: I do. Yeah, I feel like I'm the friend. And I feel like when they were younger, when they were both, when they were 12 and 13, respectively, they both were doing arson. And that was a time that they really needed someone to come in and say, you know, I didn't notice until they got on the news and they had done five or six big arsons. And that was when I came in, it's because their parents weren't around. Their parents were out gambling. And so I came in and I said, no more, Arson. listen to some music from the 90s, listen to some music from the early 2000s, save yourself. And they did. And then they started the band. They haven't lit really anything on fire since then, except for an audience. And it's good stuff. And I feel like to be a part of their journey in that way, to me, was briefly gorgeous. You know, it was, it was special.
2: Did they ever sing that song, Father of Mine, and, but dedicate it to you?
1: Father of my... Yeah, despite my many requests, they will not do it, and um, that is okay. Their their father is a war hero, and so they do have reverence for him, though he's not around. And I love, and I respect that. I don't like... I mean, he's my brother, but I have my issues with him. I
0: hear you so much. My sister is... You know, I love her to death. She's an unholy nightmare, and I can barely spend five minutes in the same room with her.
1: Yeah, but she's your sister, so... You-
0: but she's my sister. I love her. I would do anything for her. But I also... I wouldn't be that bummed if she took some time for herself a couple years, took a trip traveling. It would actually improve her outlook on life, but that's fine. But I love her so much.
2: I ever tell you guys that one of my great aunts um, was, she was in an arranged marriage and they got married and her husband died. She had two kids in the marriage. And then after her husband died, she dropped off the kids at my grandparents' house and went on a bender. But it was like a sex bender. And then like Oh, I don't know, 25, 30 years later, two different children showed up. She had two different children. She was gone for three years. And when she came back, everybody was like, okay, I guess we all just let her back in. My grandparents let the kids go back with her. One day we're, and this was before Facebook. They had to do like real digging, two of them. She didn't know she had She knew she had them.
0: I was going to say.
2: She gave them up.
1: I love that. for her. I do.
0: I mean, my face looked crazy, I know, for that whole story. But once again, I would like to remind, I I just want to say this again. Rusty, I turn to you. What you just said is so true. How nice for her. Good for her. What a good look for her. You know, it's not for me. It's not for Pat. I can tell you that much. But man. Whatever blows your hair back, you're not hurting anybody. Now, if those kids need financial support, that's a totally different thing. But I'm talking about just the purity of this story. A sex bender, where she really got some things out of her system. And I mean two children out of her system, out of her uterus.
1: I feel like, who cares? You know, you have a couple kids and you give them up and then they find you later in life. You have to come face to face with it. You're a homosexual. You do drugs. You launder money from a giant corporation you were on the board for who cares ultimately people are too big with labels
2: well mostly if you're like somebody who's like pilfering you know don't pilfer you're gay you're gay look at me i'm ansexual i will I, I dare you to please anyone please i'm lonely but don't steal money from innocent people well
1: and i will admit that one was a little close to home yeah i was on the board of sam's club for a number of years and i i don't want to use the word stole that's their word but I did take money from them. But they're humongous corporations, And they steal wages from people. And so I did take $3,000 a couple times a week. And that, you know, ultimately, I think. But then my point is not go out, steal from Sam's Club. That was right for me at the time. And I feel at peace with it. My point is, I do that once. And then what, forever? I'm, you know, I'm an embezzler? I'm still rusty. I am rusty who embezzled. And that's the difference to me. It's about the labels.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Also, if you had said that it was Costco... I would have been like, no, you got to give that money back. But and I would have never Waltons. I'm like, go get a job at Walmart.
1: Yeah, well, it's the Walton family and the the shit they're doing down in Bentonville and the way they're taking over small businesses. I would never. Costco's employees, they're all part owners. They wear whatever they want to work. They seem to be happy there. They're paid well. There's an eye center in the place. I mean, it's all, you know, but I don't, you know, fuck a Sam's Club. And that's why I got on the board is because I wanted to do a little bit of vigilante
2: justice. I, I was just going to say real quick. I saw a documentary once called, uh, I, I think we watched this together, Pat, Walmart, The High Cost of Low Prices. And we watched it with our friends, Bill and Danny. And it was a game changer. Ever since then, I'm like, Walmart? Walmart? You're the worst. I don't care if Walmart came up to us and said, we want to be your sponsor. I would say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, thank you. I don't care how many subways or banks or centers you put in, you're Walmart. I don't want to go there because guess what? You're ruining small towns.
0: There's so many bad companies out there, you know, that I don't like. If Halliburton came crawling to us instead, oh, God, you know let us sponsor the show, I'd say, oh, you're the worst. Halliburton. What's it? Black Rock, Blackstone, Black, um, they're the ones, the contractors, you know.
2: Black Hawk Down?
0: Yeah, Black Hawk Down. I would say no. You know, if it was, um, you know, Frigidaire or, um, oh God, uh, oh, uh, Green Giant, the Jolly Green Giant came stomping over and said, you know. I can't even think right now of a good, it makes me so hot and angry to think of the ways I've been taken advantage of as a citizen, been beholding all these large corporations. You know, I often say I want to live in the woods and it's true. One day I will.
2: Careful, because I know somebody who's trying to buy 25 acres in Alaska for $300.
0: I'm not kidding. I would go. And I mean that, Rusty. I would happily go. I feel like it's my only chance to really get laid. And sorry for saying it like that plainly, but it's true. Go to Alaska, get laid, be in this cult where we're making crafts and all that stuff. I would go in a heartbeat, and I just want you to keep me in mind.
1: Everybody will be. Everybody will be knee-deep in whatever they like. Sex, Rusty's homemade beef jerky, all of it. Everyone will be elbows deep. You can't get out of it. You know, you'll be swimming, 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 swimming.
2: Now, let me ask you this. I was intrigued by the sex, obviously, but also the beef jerky. What are you doing? What are you doing with it?
1: I thank you for asking. Uh, Beef jerky, venison jerky. I am killing animals. I am cutting them up, and I am dehydrating their meat and seasoning them to be different flavors. Teriyaki, sweet and hot, peanut butter and jelly, Cajun. I do fun things, too. I consider myself sort of a Baskin-Robbins of... uh, the jerky space, um, a disruptor in many ways.
0: So jerky isn't a part of the animal it goes through a process. Cause I always thought the jerky was like, Oh, this is the jerky part of like a cow or the jerky part of the pig. There's no jerky part.
1: No. So you're, you're asking me is, is, is jerky like, um, like a lamb shank. Like it's like, Oh, that's the shank.
0: Yeah, like there's different parts and they got different names. I thought the jerky was like that, um, like a pipe, you know, like a part of the animal. Like, you know how we have an appendix, we don't need it. Sure. I thought maybe the these animals had it and it was like the jerky part. I didn't realize they, they really make it smooth and uniform in shape and size. Now that I say it, now it does sound like a machinery kind of thing. Now I get it.
1: In my experience, I'll say in my time doing jerky, not a part of the animal, just the meat. I cut it up. I make it up. But for all I know, you know, I, I, would nev- I would never tell you you're wrong because I don't know that that's true. But for me, that hasn't
2: been the experience, I would say.
0: I would never tell you you're wrong. I love that, Rusty. Oh,
2: Wait, I was just going to say that. Now, I, on the other hand, will tell you both all the time. That's part of who I am. I can't turn it off. But it's because I love you so much. What am I supposed to do? Let my best friend join a cult run by another dear friend of mine? Maybe could we come visit? Because I don't want to join a cult. First of all, I still... I don't know what you do. I don't look good in white. you going to make people wear all white? Oh, no. God, no,
1: no. Everybody will wear what they want to wear. My, cult, my cult's all about expression, freedom of self. There's not going to be uniforms. There's not going to be... People will... You know, there will be a um, a big event that many of us don't see the other side of, but that will be optional, and that will be a thing that, you know, if, you, if you're in, you're in, and if you're out, you're out, and so be it.
0: I like the level of certainty around there's going to be a big event, and we may or may not be coming out of it. You know, in a in certain world, a certainty of a large event where I may or may not be ascending uh, to heaven is kind of a relief.
1: I think we would do it like the Super Bowl. Every, you know, once every year, big, big fanfare, big thing. And everybody, if you want to tune in, it, you know, you'll be part of it. It's what everyone will be talking about at the camp. And if you don't, then, you know, you watch Julianne Moore movies instead and you make snacks that you like and you just opt out.
2: You had me for a second when you said we could wear whatever we wanted. Even though I do Mm. get panic, and you know that about me, I never know what to wear. Mm. But then you started losing me when it sounded like things were going to go Jonestown, but on a Super Bowl level scale. Mm -hmm. Which that's where I got to pull back out because I don't want to do a mess thing you know and i don't want pat to do that either or you i will, you know someone's
1: got to cross the t's and dot the i's so i will make it
2: available to people
1: and i'll say here's a punch if you drink it you will no longer be alive do what you want with that But I won't be doing it. I got to stick around. Someone's, my name's on the property. My, you know, I, all the packages come in my name, that sort of thing.
0: Heavy is the head that wears the crown.
2: I'm sorry. I feel like such a negative Nancy on this one today, but I feel like I cannot let this slide. And please believe. I value your experience. I understand if you're running the show and the show isn't a crush show, it's a cult. I understand that, yes, heavy is the head that wears the crown, but I also know that you are aiding people potentially in a mass suicide, and I can't allow that. Is that how you want to meet Josh Mankowitz? Pat? I got to ask, is that how you want it to be? When he's stepping over, you're wearing black pants and, and black Nikes with purple swooshes, and he's stepping over your cold, dead body? That's how you want to meet Josh Mankowitz when he's gone to inspect the scene?
0: I guess when you put it that way, I prefer to meet him alive.
2: He can't be, what, uh, what is it? Uh, necrophilia. He can't, you don't want Josh Mankowitz to be a necrophiliac
0: he's not i know he's not he's not he's a good man
2: but do you think if he saw you he would be
0: oh maybe you think he'd fuck my corpse
1: i do i think i don't know that he would have an option i think it would it's one of those animal things you know he would see you and be like i gotta fuck that that or a lot
0: and i'm sorry who this offense but that is flattering if i could write a note that said please fuck my corpse if you find it interesting or attractive there i gave consent i pinned it to my body i'd be in seventh knowing that i was getting nailed Even after I'm gone. And again, I'm going through a change, a hormonal change. And I know that's where a lot of this is coming from. I don't agree with non-consensual necrophilia. But if someone writes a note and says, fuck me when I'm gone,
2: please do it. It's just what's right. Would that be a dying wish? Because people do tend to want to honor a dying wish. But he finds it that you wouldn't want to do that with in real life. You would have to be so strategic.
0: All I'm going to say is... Human beings are ruled by their hormones, and I'm going through it right now. And right now, the idea of someone going, I got to get that. I know it's expired, but I got to get at it. It's flattering beyond, and I don't care who it is.
2: What if it was Aaron? So be it. I can't
1: believe this. I love that for you. I do.
0: With that, I want to say, I love that for you. Rusty, I love you for this. I love you for us. It has been truly a journey. Again... I feel so, um, seen around you and I love your unique perspective on the world. You know, I feel like I can be a bit narrow sometimes and you really open it up. And I really appreciate you talking to Megs tonight I today.
2: Oh, we love you so much. I do want Pat to call me immediately after this. I want to talk through a couple, just a couple things, but Rusty, we love you so, so much. Uh, real quick, do you have any advice for the, the uncle? Because you're not a Funkle. You're, you're something special. You're, you're your own thing. So, do you have any advice for maybe non cult people who want to be answer uncles?
1: The biggest thing for me as an uncle, I would say, and I don't know if it's transferable, but I hope that it is if you're watching the news and you see your nephews have been committing arson send them a text, shoot them an email, give them a call, hop on FaceTime, get on a Zoom, do a Skype chat, organize a Google Hang, hit up their Facebook messages, maybe message them on Instagram. Tell them no more arson and, and, and instead make music. That, to me, has been so valuable. And I love you both so much. And, um, you know, I hope to see you both soon.
2: I, just, I, I think we have stumbled into something you know we entered one arena that we all signed up for and then we entered into a different arena today that some of us maybe are more eager to join than others but i respect the hell out of you there is a level of charisma that you are dripping with that i mean y- y- this this handsome face these dimples this gorgeous man and then this is charisma and ugh, look if you're gonna join a cult, which I don't condone, Pat, you could you couldn't find a better person to join with.
0: I love that as an ad. Please use that as a pull clip for your cult, because bags is hard to hard to get like that. And I love yeah. your advice for your for, for for uncles out there. I love how specific it is, because that's really going to touch at least a couple uncles regarding us. And and I think that's really cool, because because I think that goes unacknowledged sometimes. So specificity is
2: truly a gift. It wins the day wins the day. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I just want to, you guys tell me when to stop and I'm going to read a Brene quote. Just say stop. Stop. I also learned that the people who love me, the people I really depend on, were never the critics who were pointing at me while I stumbled. They weren't in the bleachers at all. They were with me in the arena, fighting for me and with me. And if that isn't the perfect way to end this... Wow, the people who love me and will be there regardless of the outcome are within arm's reach. And on that note, I love you, Rusty. I love you, Pat.
0: I love you, Rusty, and you know I love you, Mags.
2: bye Fair enough.
0: I love you. I love you, the Mags. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You know what I think that was?
2: I think that was a really good episode of Those Who Ain't, a Baby Makers podcast starring Colleen Doyle as your Aunt Pat
0: and Dana Carcioli as your Auntie Megs. If you liked this podcast, you have no choice but to subscribe, rate, and review us. The role of Uncle Rusty was played by Caleb Heron. You can find Caleb on Instagram and Twitter at Caleb Says Things, and if live comedy shows ever happen again,
1: he'll be doing them in Los Angeles where he lives. Our theme song was performed by The Q's, and you can follow them at The Cues Music on Instagram. Follow Those Who ain't on Instagram and Twitter, and
0: If you have any questions for the ants, as always, email us at thosewhoant at gmail.com.
1: Thank you for listening, stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sakes, call your aunt.